Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin show, the last episode of the Road to RPW Heatwave 2, as it is officially Heatwave 2 week. I'm Eric, you'll hear me throughout this episode uh, as we get ready for RPW Heatwave 2, where Justin, Ramsey, and myself will be at the event to hand out the inaugural RPW Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, in this episode, you will hear creator and promoter Rich Bukholz and also a tag team action of referee TJ and Johnny CK, who is also participating in the RPW Cruiserweight Championship match. So little triple threat action here this evening. And let's get into it. We'll start with Rich. Ladies and gentlemen, this contest set for one fall is for the WWE. Joining us now, you've heard him before, and he's back. This time on the Road to RPW Heatwave 2, Episode 3 of our special. Owner, founder, booker, promoter, does it all, Rich Buchholz. Rich, how are you doing today? Good, how are you doing? Fantastic. Obviously, it's finally week of RPW Heatwave 2. And plenty to talk about. I mean, I know there's been adjustments. There's been announcements. We've got a whole lot of stuff since we last talked to you, even since we last talked to D-Dog. So I guess we'll start with catch us up on on the event itself. The event itself will be on Saturday, August 27th at the Watering Hole in Green Bay, Wisconsin. It'll be called RPW Heatwave 2. It'll also be a one-year anniversary show. Um, there will be eight great matches. Um, tickets start in advance at $15 and go all the way up to 35 in advance. Otherwise, it's uh, 20 at the door or 40 at the door. All right. And where can people get tickets in advance? They can get them on rpwprowrestling.com. There is only four front row seats remaining. All right, and with that, I mean, they can sit next to me, Ramsey, and Justin if they choose to yet then, or kind of close to us anyway, in front row. Yep, there should be seats five and six still available, and then it should be, I believe, 34 and 35 are available. Okay, and and that should put, you know, if you do want to get those five and six, that should put you next to Ramsey, Justin, and myself. So very excited for that. And with that, you know, like I said, here we are. We are the week of the event. And like I said, some stuff has changed since we last talked to Devin. And some stuff has remained the same. Uh, so we'll start with, I guess, just kind of asking and, you know, the match that our show probably has the most vested interest in, that being the Cruiserweight Championship. I do want to ask, I guess, first on how that kind of came to be in, in introducing that new title. Pretty much uh, when we came up with the title, I did it as a working title as far as cruiserweight 
for us is actually going to be different than what a cruiser weight normally is. A normal cruiser weight would be 200 to 225 ish. And ours is going to be pretty much every single time that that title is defended, it's going to be an elimination match. So you're pretty much cruising through to remain champion, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about who's in that match. I know we've already talked to TW3 on the show, yep. but tell us about the competitors in the match. So it'll be Brick McCarthy, Johnny CK, Damian Chambers, and TW3. One of those guys will be walking out the new RPW Cruiserweight champion. And how did you land on these four? Uh, pretty much two of them are uh, local guys that have worked for us before. And Damien Chambers is one of the best well-known guys in the Midwest. Um, his roommate is actually um, Ace Austin. So, like, Ace Austin has been on Impact for many years. Um, we were really impressed with Damien Chambers' match in March. And then Johnny C.K. and Rick McCarthy have worked for us several times, and we've been very happy, so we thought this would be a great match. Yeah, I honestly, I cannot wait for this match. And, you know, for those of you who don't know by now, although you should, we have a brand new belt. Um, looks great, by the way. I, I do got to say, I know I've told you this before, but brand new belt. The Root for Wisconsin guys are going to be presenting in ring to the winner. Now, obviously, I guess I'm going to ask you, you know, if you have a kind of a prediction or what's your, what would you be looking to see for our fans who are going to watch this match go down? I personally think it's going to be very fast-paced. Um, it's just going to come down to who has the most energy at the end is the best way to say it. Any predictions for us? Um, I really don't have a rooting interest, so we'll see who comes out on top. All right. Now let's work our way through the rest of the card. Uh, you know, plenty that – I mean, I know Devin's gone through, but why don't you go through the card with us here as well? So the opening match will be presented by Pyramid Productions, and it's Kujo and Kevin versus Perfect Arsenal with Angel Stefano in their corner. The second match will be presented by the Root for Wisconsin Show podcast, and it'll be the Cruiserweight Championship. It'll be TW3 versus Rick McCarthy versus Johnny CK versus Damian Chambers to crown the first ever RPW Cruiserweight Champion. The third match will be Karam versus Davey Vega. Karim is actually going to be leaving after the show to go to Germany for a while. So that'll be kind of big. Um, Heather Reckless will be facing Casey Lennox. The winner will get a future title shot for whatever cha uh, women's championship they decide to go after. The fifth match is presented by Look Sharp at the Fox River Mall. It'll be Ryan Cross and Jordan Cross versus Skits and Salem Crane. The sixth match will be for the RPW Glamour Championship. It'll be the champion Alex Gracia defending her championship versus Leslie Lomameka. The seventh match will be Silas Young, who you've seen on AEW and a lot on ROH, facing off against Sam Beal, who was on Impact. And then the uh, 
final match will be presented by Green Bay Exposition Services. It'll be uh, RPW Heavyweight Champion Xavier Walker versus Matt Fitchett, who was recently on Impact. He is um, the champion at AAW out of Illinois, so it should be a really big match. You know, it really should be. And kind of talk, you know, you kind of go through this card, and if you pay attention to the RPW social media, the talent that's in RPW really is all over TV, YouTube, AEW Dark, uh, AEW Elevation, all that. And I, th- I think that speaks incredibly well to the booking and getting talent into Green Bay. And I know we've talked about this about this before with you in the last time we had you on, but I guess I just want to kind of you know have you reiterate maybe do any new listeners we have or as we kind of you know spread it along getting close to the event what does it mean to you to get talent that people can recognize and also kind of seeing them grow in their journey as you know people who are getting this this limelight now it's an incredible feeling to know that you're actually having people reach out to us now to work for us where a year ago we had to reach out to everybody um we get people messaging us constantly from all over the United States. I have even had Canada before. Um, so they, they obviously see our stuff on social media and they've heard really good things about us and we want to keep it that way. And Rich, with that, you know, you kind of mentioned just the, you know, the, the people reaching out and kind of talk about the growth of RPW. You know, this is the one year anniversary show. Yep. Talk about the growth of, of the last year of rpw it has grown so much just in the beginning of the year um we now have a cameraman named uh will Choi. he's also known as will pro wrestling um at our shows we have four different camera angles and they're all ran by phones except for one is a gopro um his work is absolutely amazing um i cannot praise him enough um we have just pretty much amazing talent behind the scenes that most people don't even know work for us. So that's pretty much the gist of that. And with that, you know, we kind of look through this card and, and I know we've talked about, you know, just another thing, you know, that we've talked about before, but just the state of pro wrestling in Wisconsin, you know, it's always amazing. And I've, and I talked to TW three about this, the, the amount of talent that comes into Wisconsin that's from Wisconsin based as well. Yep. It's just incredible. And, you know, getting a lot of, you know, even guys like Silas Young, who, you know, like you said, you can see them on or see a guy like him on TV very frequently. And he's yep. coming in to do, you know, a, a, the second show I've seen him do, you know, he was back in March and now he'll be back here um, this weekend. So just kind of looking at the state of pro wrestling since we've last talked and first just looking at the state of Wisconsin pro wrestling since we last talked. The state of Wisconsin, in my opinion, has never been better. Um, There are so many guys that are getting opportunities and women that are getting opportunities that, as you pointed out on AEW Dark, um, they're getting dark matches for WB occasionally. They're getting matches on NWA. Um, it's it's almost getting to the point where it's getting hard to book anybody because you don't know if they're going to get a call. Uh, we actually had Jasmine Allure for the show originally, and she got signed to WOW, so like she couldn't do the show. 
And just kind of taking that from the next angle then, Rich, the state of pro wrestling as a whole, I mean, we know now, or now we know, you know, AEW is still running very strong. And, and a lot of the, you know, we've talked about the talent who will be, who've been on AEW that will also be at the RPW shows. But um, obviously a major change in the wrestling world with Vince McMahon stepping down from WWE and, and Triple H taking over. I guess kind of looking at that, you know, as a fan, have you noticed a difference or do you like the way that things are going now? I can honestly watch it now as a fan and be really in, in tune to it. Um, Triple H is doing an amazing job. Like He's doing stuff that you saw in the early 2000s with the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era where it just seemed very ad-libbed on just different segments. To me, it's one of the most exciting programs I've seen in a long time. Like, it's definitely changed for the better in the last four weeks. And we've seen, and since we've last talked to you, we've seen some major comebacks, some major debuts on other shows, other programs. So yep. since we last talked, I mean, there's been Cody Rhodes coming back to WWE. We've seen, a, you know, an increase in talent coming back, that being, you know, especially in the Triple H era, which is, like you said, been about a month. Between yep. even last night, Johnny Gargano and and Karrion Cross as you know recently here Dexter Loomis so just kind of looking at all that and you know all the the, you know the debuting talent that's kind of gotten more screen time in like AEW ROH I guess I'm going to ask you do you have a favorite comeback in that time frame I was a huge fan of Scarlett and Karrion Cross coming back I actually talked to them last December we didn't come up to an agreement on coming in but like I have talked to them and I'm very happy to see them back in WWE because I thought they got underutilized beforehand so I guess just to kind of ask you know for the for our fans who don't really know the the ins and outs what goes into booking talent for an RPW event pretty much I reach out probably four to five months ahead trying to see if dates are available, um, checking flights, hotels, all that stuff. Like, everyone's different. Like, usually the Midwest, you usually drive, and then anywhere else you fly, generally. But, like, a lot of these people work for NWA and Impact and stuff like that, so you have to find out their schedule way ahead of time. Otherwise, there's no way that they can do your show. And there are times where if they get a booking for TV, they're going to take it. And we totally understand that. So. so then just to take that one step further, I guess, you know, in the the year and change that RPW has really been, you know, going. Yep. How has it changed even in that year, if at all, now that a lot of the live show is are coming back. I mean, really started last summer with WWE kind of a slower rollout of, of their side of things, but how has it changed with the live shows, the weekly travel kind of getting back to pre COVID levels? Um, we did really well in March. Um, our show was packed with TV talent. So it'll be very interesting to see how everything goes moving forward. But like, 
on the indie scene, I don't think it's been better. Like, WWE hasn't hired back all the people that were released. So there's still a bunch of people still out there. And it just depends on their contracts if you can negotiate with them or not. So then kind of going with that, Rich, do you have a dream talent that you want to see come into RPW within the next, you know, before we get to year two? So sometime in the next year, do you have a dream talent that if things stay, you know, relatively the way they are, that you would want to either bring back, that you want to bring in for the first time, et cetera? I would love to have uh, Chelsea Green versus Santana Garrett. Um, And then for the guys' matches, I'd love to have Silas Young versus Josh Woods. Okay. Very nice. And any particular reason that you want to see that? I like old matches that had good feuds. And they're going to be good matches. Like Josh Woods and Silas Young battled a lot in ROH, and the matches were really good. Uh, Josh Woods currently works for AEW, so I don't know if we can get him, but we can always try. Do you, you know, and that's, I guess it kind of leads me to my next question here with when talking about feuds and, and storytelling, do yep. you, do you find that maybe harder with the indie scene where there isn't that kind of sequitur storytelling on any given night, you're having people see talent for the first time, or do you think that what's, is what makes the indie scene special? It makes the indie scene special as far as you're getting different versions of different characters from different places so every single person may not see somebody from Milwaukee come up to Green Bay or Chicago come up to Green Bay we try and be non-local so like we bring in some local talent but a lot of our stuff is outsourced so we try and keep it just as fresh as possible so that's how RPW is a little different than others, but everyone's got their own success stories. So, and and just kind of piggybacking on that, then you know, I know we talked about it the last time around too, but just to kind of get you know our fans kind of a, a feeling of of the indie scene. I've asked TW3, I've asked Devin, what makes an indie show such as RPW Heatwave to what makes that so special that you don't see on TV? You'll get a lot more interactions with the crowd. Um, they'll go in, meet you by their table, and talk to you for a little bit. Uh, you'll get pictures in the ring with some people that won the r- raffle prizes in advance. And it's just more of a family atmosphere. I would compare it kind of to the Wisconsin Timberlands compared to a Milwaukee Brewer game where it's a lot more fun then it is more serious if that makes sense yeah absolutely i mean it does to me as a, as a sports nerd it makes sense to me um so rich just one kind of final you know kind of promo here for heat wave 2 this saturday at the watering hole before we kind of move on to some other just kind of discussion here catching up with you but yeah. why, don't, why don't we go over rpw heat wave 2 one more time here okay so the first match will be Kujo and Kevin Kruger versus Perfect Arsenal of Angel Stefano. The second match will be presented by the Root for Wisconsin Show Podcast. It'll be TW3 versus Rick McCarthy versus Johnny CK versus Damian Chambers for the 
first ever RPW Cruiserweight Champion. The third match will be Karam versus Davy Vega. The fourth match will be Heather Reckless versus Casey Lennox. The fifth match will be presented by Lux Sharp at the Fox River Mall. It'll be Ryan Cross and Jordan Cross versus Skips and Salem Crane. The sixth match will be for the RPW Glamour Championship as Alex Garcia will defend her RPW Glamour Championship versus Leslie Lovamaka. Then it'll be Silas Young versus Sam Beal. And then match eight will be uh, presented by Green Bay Exposition Services. And it'll be for the RPW Heavyweight Championship as Xavier Walker will defend his RPW Heavyweight Championship versus Matt Kitchett. And you said tickets are still available? Yes. They are available at rpwprowrestling.com. There is only four front row seats remaining, though, so get them while you can. All right. And any kind of final before, like, again, you know, I've got a couple other things we want to talk about here, but any kind of final parting notes on the event this weekend? Pretty much, uh, you definitely want to be there because it's our one-year anniversary, and you just never know who might be there. At RPW, we don't always tell you who's coming in, who's not coming in. There's always surprises. (laughs) All right. Now, a couple other things. Like I said, we just want to kind of chit chat here with you. Um, yep. You know, one thing we've been we've been talking about on our road to RPW Heatwave series yep. has been the the pro wrestling Mount Rushmores. You know, pick four. You can either do them as your favorite, the greatest of all time. And I know this is such a loaded question because there's, you know, we've I've talked about this with both Devin and, and TW3. You yep. could almost do one from each era. But if you were to do, and I know you probably had a little bit more of an advantage than them two did, um, you know, being later in the series here, but do you have a pro wrestling Mount Rushmore of of either talent or favorites or however you want to attack it? Okay, so I'm going to do it for RPW, and then I'm going to do it for myself. Okay. So I'm going to do it as a fan, and then I'll do it as RPW. Okay. So RPW, Mount Rushmore, I'll say The Rock, Austin, Undertaker, John Cena. Okay, and then the other one? My favorites would be Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Edge, Triple H. All right, and so just one just kind of quick question I want to I got to ask, you know, that we have that, um, you know, your your Mount Rushmore. Yep. Montreal Screwjob, work or shoot? Uh, both. Okay. And then the last thing, just kind of, you know, we, I know – you know, we focus so heavily on the route for Wisconsin, the Wisconsin sports here. And even kind of, you know, earlier here in our interview, you had mentioned Brewers versus Tim Rattlers. And I know that you have the Brewers season tickets, but I know that you're also a Detroit Lions fan. And I they've am. they've been featured, per, you know, on Hard Knocks this season. Have you gotten to watch any of the Hard Knocks this year? I have not. I've been working so much I haven't had a chance to. I know that they're on there, though. And I guess, you know, lots of hype coming around, around your team for probably the first time in – at least since Kelvin Johnson's been gone. So as a Lions fan, you know, there's there's probably different ways you can attack this too, but what expectations or what hype do you are you feeling as a Lions fan this coming season? As a Lion fan, we always kind of we're optimistic, but we're also pessimistic. So I'm hoping for nine and eight, but six and eleven could be there i don't know it just depends on how our defense shows up are you buying into the mcdc hype 
Not yet. All right. Well, Rich, any other things that you want to talk about? Uh, how can people find RPW on social media? They can find RPW on Instagram. They can find us um, on Facebook. And then if you want to watch us on our YouTube channel, it's RPW Ragin' Pro Wrestling WI. And there are some really great matches on there. Um, we add probably one or two a week. So we have 344 subscribers left, I saw. All right. Very good. Rich, thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Sounds great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this contest set for one fall is for the championship. And now joining us in the second half of the Route for Wisconsin Road to RPW Heatwave 2, we have a tag team duo. We have new Hall of Fame referee TJB. And also joining us as a little bit of a surprise guest, we have another participant in the Route for Wisconsin sponsored match, and that being Johnny CK. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Good, you? Fantastic. Glad that you both could join. What a great coincidence that worked out here. Um, very excited to hear, you know, talk to you guys about the world of wrestling and kind of catch up with both of you ahead of the event coming up this weekend. So, uh, first we'll lead it off with, you know, just a little bit of an easy question here for both of you. I'm not sure if you guys have paid attention to the road to heat wave two series that we've been doing here at the root for Wisconsin show, but to start off with, I've been asking everyone and there's a couple different ways you can attack it, but everyone, the first kind of question we start off with is the. Mount your personal Mount Rushmore of all-time wrestling. You can do it either as a fan or just who you think is the greatest. However you want to attack that, both of your all-time Mount Rushmores of wrestling. Ooh, okay. That's Uh, that's a a big one. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like – can I give kind of two separate-ish answers? Absolutely. Go ahead. Sure. So I'm going to say as far as worldwide recognition goes, because this is a conversation a lot of wrestlers and a lot of talent have uh, on car rides. Worldwide, my personal one, uh, I'm a big Bruno San Martino fan, so I'm putting Bruno on there. Uh, Macho Man, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and then – Fourth one's always the difficult one. I, I, right now, today, I think we're going to go with Vader. Um, however, I also, uh, another dynamic onto it, I want to say my Wisconsin Indy top four, probably, uh, man, that's another tough one because these are all people I know. Um, Joey Avalon, Sadist, I'll say Justin Dredd, and a current, uh, you know what, let's go TW3. So I, I would like to throw those names out into the mix just because it deserves they I feel like they deserve a lot of recognition on everything they they do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, TJ. And Johnny, yours? Um, when I do a Mount Rushmore, I I try to go with what they did for the wrestling community and world as a whole. Um so uh Hulk Hogan, uh he kind of revolutionized a lot of wrestling, brought it into a lot of homes. Um 
if you ask your mom and she doesn't know about wrestling, who do you know? It's Hulk Hogan. Uh, even though he's a garbage person, uh, Vince McMahon, he made a lot of the great faces that you recognize today, uh, like your Stone Cold, uh, your Triple H. So him, uh, Shawn Michaels, he's one of the greatest of all time. And then uh, Ric Flair. Wow, way to have a well thought out, executed <laughs> plan as opposed to me. Yeah, you know, I, got, I just I'll made my favorites. I, look, 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 I'll put time into this. <laughs> Cop out. <laughs> so then, just to kind of go with that, before we get into the actual event coming up here, you know, just kind of get a little bit of background on you. So we'll start with you, TJ. You know, I mentioned the Hall of Fame induction. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. you serve as a referee now. This isn't, you know, your typical NFL referee where it's, you know, just, you know, move the chains, et cetera. Kind of give our listeners some background, what it takes to be a wrestling referee. Uh, sure. Um, I kind of start with the basics and I'll get a little bit more detailed, I guess. Um, I think to be a good professional wrestling official, professional wrestling referee, however, you know, you want to see it, uh, you do still have to have a very firm knowledge of the rules the actual legitimate you know fully legitimate rules that are with this business um you know rope breaks uh when to perform a double down um you know keeping in mind of your spot in the match your position in the ring um trying to be in the right corners in the right areas so you're not ran over um trying to somehow have eyes in the back of your head um i, I think what would make a great uh, professional wrestling referee is a firm grasp of psychology and just the ability and the want to do nothing but help others uh, perform great matches. And uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing. That and uh, a ton of cardio because uh, there's a lot of up, down, left, right, up, down, right, left, kick out, not kick out, positioning for um, submissions, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I think just a general knowledge and general you know grasp of the psychological elements and how to make the match work, you know. Um, one thing that I always compare it to, uh, that I know Johnny's heard probably in a car ride or two already, is I always like to compare it to pizza because uh, I truly strongly believe that a great ref can make a good match even better, but a terrible match can make a great, or a terrible ref can make a great match just not work, just awful. And it's kind of like a pizza. You know, you order a pizza, and you ask, you know, for pepperoni and uh, sausage, a basic pizza. You want a basic, you know, good match. You don't ask for pepperoni, sausage, cheese, sauce, and dough. You know, you just kind of expect that to come. Uh, and when you get that pizza, you're like, oh, sweet. That was a great pepperoni and sausage pizza. Again, not acknowledging the sauce and cheese and stuff. However, if let's say that sauce on that pizza is like super runny or for some reason crazy spicy because they put too much spices on it, it does not matter how good that pepperoni and sausage was. That whole pizza's trash because the sauce, something that you don't think about, was trash. And I think refing is very similar to that. So I guess I'm just going to also ask, do you have a Mount Rushmore of referees? <laughs> ah, man. I don't know. Honestly, I've never really thought of one. Everyone always says Earl Habner, which is very, you know, a good one because, I don't know, he's so uh, – pro. he's like so everywhere – when it comes to the history of WWE, at least, you know, um, 
I honestly don't think I could truthfully answer that question because I'll just start throwing out people I know who exist. <laughs> Charles Robinson better be on that on that Rushmore. <laughs> sure, Charles Robinson's on there. Why not? Awesome stuff. Now, kind of going with that, you know, just there's a there's a whole lot you know to break down, and and you you kind of mentioned that you know there's a, a bunch of different angles you can take with that. So when you're in the ring, you know, in the average fan, you know, there's such you know obviously all eyes are on usually the the two or four performers what do you find your role to be what's kind of like that psychology that you find yourself working on in that match um when it comes it's kind of two parts when it comes to the fans or when it comes to the wrestlers you want to be out of the way you want to not be seen but heard and you want to be a utility tool you know something that they can rely upon to, again, be in the right spot, be in the right place, and be able to convey whatever is going on. And with the fans, you want to, again, not be seen. If the fans did, like, there's been so many times where after, like, a huge five-star match after the show, I'm just hanging out, and the fans are talking amongst each other and never mentioning the ref, uh, not even recognizing who I am or anything like that. That means I did my job great. Um, that means I did it well because they're not noticing me. They're not recognizing me. I, I obviously I didn't mess up then. But at the same time, uh, on a more psychological aspect of it, uh, at least as far as like, um, I don't know, emotion and reactions and stuff like that, I believe a great ref should be almost like the ringleader in a circus where you're not caring about the ringleader, but he's there and he's showing you the excitement or whatever to have. Uh, kind of like an amplifier of sorts, where as if two, two, two wrestlers are battling on top of the top rope or something. The referee is like might even be down on one knee, you know, on the side to avoid being in the way, to make it look as big as it is, and being pleading with them, hey, this is a dangerous spot, get down from here. And so, if the fans kind of sort of notice that the referee is pleading for them to not do that, then they may think, oh wow, this actually is a really dangerous position they're in. Or uh, when one competitor is being put in a, a painful submission move, let's say. It's up to the referee to really, you know, even convey a little bit more sympathy and stuff like, hey, this is a really painful move. Are you sure you don't give up? Are you sure you don't quit? Because, man, I don't know how you can be doing this. Because it's like if you're in a bar fight, for example, and you're within a foot and you just of like a fight going on, someone just gets laid out with a punch. But that one guy doesn't react. And you're just watching that one guy, you know, just as well as the fight. You're like, man, how bad was that punch? You know, so it's really up to the referee to be able to do that. All right, Johnny. Now, with that in mind, a little curveball here for you. When you have, when you're in the ring as a performer, what do you, when the when the referee's talking nonstop and he's trying to talk you out of doing something, what kind of goes through your mind on that when they're just talking at you or talking to the crowd? Um, oh, I, I just ignore it. If, if they're telling me not to do something, there's a good chance I've already made up my mind that I'm doing it. Uh, like if it's going off the top rope, which uh, I I like to do, so I'm already up there. Um, it's happening, so they they can get out of the way, I guess. <laughs> but I understand there's rules, and uh, some need to be followed. But something like that, I think I can get away with. You know, a a nice jump off the top rope is all right. Now, following these rules, I guess just kind of taking that as a turn do you believe that there are rules that can be bent 
or do you do you follow those as close as you can? Uh, I think in any situation, rules can be bent. It's just to what extent they can be bent, and if it's done uh, maliciously or with the intent of breaking a rule. So, like, going to the top rope, uh, you're, you're not allowed to be on the ropes. That's technically bending a rule, but it's not doing anything that's very bad. But if you low blow somebody, that is breaking a rule, even if the ref's back is turned, and that's bad. Uh, so that is uh, frowned upon. So I, I think there are some situations that they can be bent, and they, uh, and then some situations that they shouldn't be bent. It it all depends on the rule. All right, and kind of looking at you know the the culture of of where you guys both are both traveling across the state of Wisconsin, traveling across the country. What makes that indie scene for both of you as, you know, for you, TJ, as a ref and for Johnny, you as a wrestler, what makes that, you know, so much, you know, something that I guess where you wanted to go into this? Um, I just, ever since I was a, a kid, I've always been wanting to be into it. And honestly, I didn't care if I was a wrestler. I didn't care if I was a ref. I didn't care if I was the guy who drove the ring truck at least until I realized how much ring trucks suck. But um, I don't know. I always wanted to be part of it. And uh, in any way, shape, or form, being told that I'm pretty decent at the refing bit makes it easier. And uh, being in the culture of it, I guess, I, I just love the culture of um, it really truly is uh, a brotherhood. It really truly is a family once you're, you know, in the inn, I guess you could say. Um, and I don't know. You get to live a life that most ordinary people don't. Um, dang near all ordinary people don't you know like uh in that i'll say actually the worst part of it is not being in the culture like if i go to like i work at a, i work at quick trip and i'll go there after having a triple shot in three different towns and you're having people ask for your autographs and you're having people take pictures with you and there's you know you have these stories that you can never tell anyone else because it was one of those you had to be there and stuff right and then all of a sudden i'm cooking hamburgers for people at a gas station you know um <laughs> It's just such a such a crazy, such a true, such a great culture that you get to be a rock star, a celebrity in some people's eyes, even if it's just for a moment. You get your 15 minutes of fame every weekend, multiple times, and it's just something you truly become grateful for. And with the brotherhood and the trust you have with everybody you're doing this with, with every weekend, you really do truly gain a family and uh oddly enough actually at the last show i was, I was at a show uh down in shelton this past weekend and i don't know what hit me for some reason i was just sitting in the back and for a half of a moment like i was looking around and i just thought to myself what my life would be like without these people in my world and i didn't like it and uh so yeah i get the culture just that's the best part of it and that's what keeps me going every weekend driving driving all over wisconsin driving all over the midwest and just driving all over johnny uh, growing up, uh, wrestling was the coolest thing I had ever seen on TV. Uh, my cousin just put it on once when I was like six years old. I wasn't really even paying attention to TV, and I was just immediately hooked. So then, uh, naturally, I would do those things to my siblings, and uh, I would also do those things on trampolines, and it just kind of spiraled from there. And then finding out that I was able to 
actually do it like for real, uh, not on a trampoline, not just tormenting my siblings, but actually like being able to do it in a real wrestling ring was fantastic. And kind of like uh, TJ, I just wanted to be involved. And and it is it is like a family. It is like a um, a family. If if there's anything I ever need, or if anybody needs anything, there's ten different numbers that you know I can call, and it'll be, you know, I know they'll have my back, or they know that I'll have theirs. And like like you said again, you're you're your own celebrity for a weekend. And then it is the weirdest turnaround where, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're on top of the world performing in front of people who paid to see you taking pictures, buying your shirts. And then on Monday, you're just a regular person again. And nobody at your work knows who you are or really even cares what you do. Just get your work done. So it's a really weird turnaround. But it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Now, and it's... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Now, Johnny, for the, the match coming up this weekend, you know, we talk about that cruiserweight champion, the inaugural cruiserweight championship, which myself, my other co-hosts who aren't here with me, Ramsey and Justin, will potentially be giving to you should you win that match on on Saturday coming up here. So first, I guess, just kind of talking about you in the ring. Is there any one person you've styled your your game after the most, or is it a combination? Um, it, it's a combination of uh, Jeff Hardy, where kind of just throw your body around, um, and uh, AJ Styles with trying to be as smooth as possible and unpredictable as possible, uh, throw some kicks. Um, and being the most inexperienced in this match, um, I think does put me at uh, a bit of an underdog stance, but I think that's okay. That that gives me even more of a reason to prove to everybody why I was picked to put be put in this match, and I do have a chance. I do have a fighting chance. I'm not in there just to be fodder, but I'm in there because I have a legitimate opportunity to walk away as the inaugural champion. And what would it mean to you to win that inaugural, to have myself, Justin Ramsey, hand you that belt Saturday night? Uh, every kid dreams of winning a title, and uh, this would be my first title in professional wrestling. So it would be a literal dream come true since I was six years old watching uh, SmackDown on my TV in my living room. Chills, man. That's chills. <laughs> I am I, I'm really, you know, kind of looking in this, you know, at this match as a whole, um, you know, lot like you said, lots of experience, lots of talent in this match, including TJ is one of his Mount Rushmore guys of TW3 for the state of Wisconsin. So I guess kind of what is it going to take for you to come away victorious in that match? It's, it's going to be the one of the hardest matches I've ever had uh, with uh, three proven and extremely tough competitors who want this and this will be another accolade for them. But I think with me being a little younger, um, maybe not having as much tape to study that I will have a little bit of, of an edge of um, 
coming out of nowhere with something, uh, doing something unpredictable and being able to maybe fool them with something they haven't seen before. And I guess just kind of for our, our fans, you know, I'm, you know, the, tra the traditional quote unquote, traditional matches, two people, this one is going to be that fatal four way, the four person match. What is the difference? I guess. I mean, obviously there's more people, but just kind of, what does that mean to you as a wrestler? And then TJ, you could answer this as a, as a ref too, with more people in the ring. Uh, as a, when you're wrestling one-on-one, -on -one, you have an idea of where that person is all the time. You have an idea of where your opponent is um, virtually 100% of the time. When there's more people, you can really only focus on one or two people that are in your line of sight, and now you've lost one person. And when you lose somebody, that's when you turn around and you get uh, a swift kick to the head or somebody grabs you from behind and gives you a German suplex. So you're all, your head's always on a swivel. You're always trying to think of three moves ahead of three different people with three different styles who have all three different backgrounds, which is uh, incredibly difficult. And it really makes you think and have to plan out everything you do before you do it. You really need to think ahead before you grab this guy for a suplex of where's the other guy. Or before I go to the top rope, where's everybody? I need to make sure everybody is. So it's it, it's a it's a more difficult dynamic. Uh, and I'll say as a ref, um, when I'm officiating a match one on one, it's pretty much just like how he said, got to be more you know, just one or in this case two people that you're worrying about. Where are they at? What are they doing? And uh, how to not be in the way? How to you know help this uh, this contest move along as smoothly as possible? In a four-way contest, uh, luckily, rules are pretty much thrown out the window from my understanding. I don't know if there's really any rules except for uh, submission um, and uh, pinfall stuff. So it's a little bit easier in that aspect. However, you have to keep your head on a swivel at all times, because there's this, especially in a cruiserweight match of all, because there's this four people flying around uh, off the ropes, through the ropes, above, under the ropes, it, just in, in madness. Um, a lot of pin, more pinfall attempts, so you got to be a bit more fit in the cardio world. Um, just a lot more awareness that you have to have. It's like, yeah, you can be a little, you know, more lax on rules, but you have to be, you have to put all that concentration now from the rules much more into awareness instead. And TJ, as our resident Hall of Famer, or actually, yeah, TJ, as our resident Hall of Famer, when when you look at this coming match between TW3, Johnny CK, and company. I guess kind of give a little bit of a scouting report since, you know, you have that Hall of Fame experience and you've, you've kind of been familiar with these guys. Well, I don't know. I kind of approach every four-way contest, especially with cruiserweights, in this same kind of mentality of if you're like, – I guess instead of uh, competitors each and every one, because I actually have a, a stat sheet. I like to keep stats uh, on my own on phones. And I have well over 200 uh, personnel that I've interacted with this year alone. So instead of having knowledge of each individual competitor, I try and like bundle it together as their styles. Um, so thankfully with cruiserweights, um, I know Johnny and T-Dub specifically as well, um, they just keep with a cruiserweight archetype because that's what fits them the most. 
uh, with stuff off the top ropes. Um, high speed is definitely a big thing I got to look out for um, and such like that. Uh, so really, I just try and keep it up with cruiserweights or heavyweights or more of the hardcore kind of crowd. And I just kind of enter the match with that kind of mindset as to how to be aware of each person in the contest. And for our fans' sake, you know, maybe it's their first indie show or maybe it's their first RPW show. For both of you, what makes, you know, the prospect of working for with RPW so alluring to you? Uh, I'll say, because uh, I've been with them since day one, I love the fact that I'm seeing such growth in this company. I love the fact that each event, uh, the fan base just keeps growing and growing. And I want to see where this leads. I want to see uh, where this company uh, goes because that's always exciting to be with something from the beginning and just seeing the exponential growth that you're seeing because of right decisions being made, um, especially with uh, RPW. Uh, they always bring in people from out of the area, which is something I love. I, I love working with different people and growing that contact list and growing that knowledge and growing that uh, the, the just seeing the abilities that other places bring. Um, I think at the last show, they were able to actually bring in people from five or six different states to Green Bay, Wisconsin, which that's something special that you love to see. So that's something that makes me really happy to be working with RPW is just their growth and their vast spread of ability and their spread of talent that they're able to concentrate and bring into one area. Johnny? Uh, right along what uh, our resident Hall of Fame referee TJ Bull said, uh, the growth of a company is awesome to see, especially as a talent of when you go out there and, you know, maybe there was uh, two rows filled and now there's three rows filled or um, we're being told, Hey, we need more tickets because there's where people are still lining up um, and there's more people that are coming in and, you know, that's more money for the company. That's more money for us. And that's, more money to expand, more money to uh, make the product even better. And like he said, again, bringing in talent that you don't get to see all the time. So you can't just, oh, I'm not going to go to the show um, and see the guy, you know, see some of the guys on the roster at the you know next week. Some of these guys are here for this show and then you might not be able to see them again for months. So it, it, and the ability to see more people and broaden your horizons as a fan of what you're used to or be introduced to, um, if maybe you didn't watch OVW before and now there's an OVW star and you're like, oh, this guy's really good. I, I liked his stuff. And now you go watch OVW. Now you're helping out the wrestling world as a whole, or you watch a uh, TNA and a guy from TNA is here. And you didn't watch it before, but you really liked him. So now you go and watch it again. So the ability to broaden fans' horizons is also very important. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of the you know overall theme I've kind of noticed. You know, talking to people about this and this company, this show, just the growth in that. You know, really, this being the one year anniversary show that it's been. Um, now, Johnny, for you with you know just kind of scrolling through even through your facebook right now and and all the events that you know you're taking part of um i guess for you specifically here 
what is kind of the goal, you know, in your growth as a wrestler? Um, I, I think the for I'm going to say most wrestlers, the goal is to um, make this their job. And that's what my goal is. My goal is that I can do this wrestle as a full-time job and support myself and a family, pay my bills comfortably and not have to worry about money or uh, where my next paycheck's coming from or uh, are we going to have food on the table? Um, and that's my goal. That's my personal goal. And others may be slightly different. Um, do I have aspirations to get signed anywhere? Yes. But paying my bills is first. And TJ, for you? Uh, pretty much a, a lot of what you just said, what Johnny just said. Um, it's much like how I said earlier, how it's the culture shock of going from the weekend, you're on top of the world, the weekend, you're with your family and friends, uh, the weekend, you're loving it. But then week, the week hits, Monday hits, and it's just a solid gold glove punch right to the face. Um, so just being able to get to a position where that's not an issue anymore, like I've actually done the math and even, you know, at the average you know, rate we're able to make working seven days a week still wouldn't be able to, you know, make ends meet. So somehow getting to a level to where even if I could do this seven days a week, I would love to. I would love to do this seven days a week. I don't know many shows that run on Wednesdays, though. But um, that would be that would be a great achievement for me. Something I would love to try and get out of it. And just kind of looking, you know, like, you know, you both mentioned just the incredible talent that comes in and and. So I guess kind of asking as a fan myself, even who would you say is the coolest person that you've gotten to work with or your favorite person that you've gotten to work with in both your careers to this point? Um, as far as widely known names go, I always uh, Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express and actually both members of the Rock and Roll Express. Super awesome people uh, love anytime I get to interact with them. Uh, and then Shane Douglas and Francine another duo of just great, great, great talent, great knowledge. And that's what I always hunt out for myself is the knowledge. Um, not really people who I was fans of growing up. That's, yeah, that's one thing or another for me when I get to meet them. Cool. But I want to learn more. I want to do more. I want to be better. Um, so as far as nationally recognized names go, that's it. Uh, however, because I truly have much, much more care and much more love for the indie scene than anything national. Um, you can ask Johnny or really anybody who knows me. I actually haven't even watched wrestling on television for well over 13 years since I've been doing this. Um, so what means most to me truly is the people I get to work with, people who I do consider friends and family, people who I do share the road with. Um, I would rather work one match with, let you know, let's say, not to butter Johnny too much, uh, being in the same room right now, but let's say I'd rather work one match I'd rather work 100 matches with TW3 than one match with, let's say, Hulk Hogan or something, just because it truly does mean more to me. It's more fun. It's more enjoyable. You get those memories, and it, it, that's just it, – it's truly what I I love the most. That's where my bowls, that's where my uh, aim is set, is working with, you know, indie guys that I love and the Blood Brothers, you know? Johnny? 
You know, I wish I could wrestle TJ. You know how fun that would <laughs> be? Uh, an easy win for you, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think the, uh, the coolest person I've gotten to wrestle um, has been uh, Cody Hall. Uh, this was at the, I think it was the last RPW show. Um, uh, it was his first match back in like two years, and it was his first match back uh, after his dad uh, passed away. So it was a, a pretty emotional and important match for him. And it was a huge match for uh, me uh, that I got the chance to wrestle someone like him who's uh, known in Japan um, and has some name recognition. And um, and he was an overall really cool dude, um, had a lot of fun. And uh, he, he was probably the, the coolest guy I, I got to wrestle uh, personally. That was that that was an incredible match. That was actually my first RPW event. You know, I guess that's not really saying a whole lot because, you know, we're only a year old at this point. But, you know, first that was such a, you know, awesome night and really kind of brought us back. And that's what really brought us into here at the Root for Wisconsin show. Um, as wanting to, you know, really partner with you guys and, and kind of work with that element of things. So that match really is one of those that sticks out in my head the most from that night. You know, you mentioned all the things with Cody that he had kind of going on with the family and and the promo he had given after. But really the whole night, you know, credit to you know both of you for being involved in that um, really made it a special night and kind of brought myself back and having never gone to an indie show uh, so kind of for people who didn't get to experience that night or who haven't experienced an indie event, what makes an indie event so special by compared to, you know, a TV match or a TV event? The uh, you're, It's more personable with the wrestlers. Uh, at a TV event, you're sitting in your assigned seat and the show happens and the show ends and then you go find a merch stand uh, in the middle of some building and that's it. Uh, at an indie event, you know, the wrestlers are there maybe before the show or uh, in the middle of the show and you can talk to them and uh, build a relationship with some of them just, you know, just by talking to them, seeing them at shows. Um, a lot of times the same fans are at shows. So wrestlers will build some type of rapport with fans. Uh, you can talk to them at the merch stand because it's not somebody who works for the building. It's usually the wrestlers selling their merch so it's it's more uh it's more of a community it's more together uh, i agree completely with everything johnny just said but i'll even add on to it to where you go to a let's say a wwe AEW event uh tna event wh whichever um and like you go to the front row and they might holler you out a little holler at you a little bit and stuff and get back up and you know into the ring um, you go to an indie events in front row, you have a chance to be part of the show. And I wouldn't even say front row. I'll say almost, yeah, any row, you have a chance to be part of the show. Um, sometimes wrestlers will set up moves involving you, for example, like putting, having you put your foot up while they throw someone else into it or something, or grabbing a chair from you or something. It's a, a real level of interaction that you don't get in any other uh, major event. Also, not only that, but like what he said with the merch table, you know, first off, much more affordable. Uh, much more affordable merch than if you go to a WWE event or something. Um, second off, you don't see, you know, Rey Mysterio selling his masks at his merch booth. You know, you don't see Triple H selling his 
know, imitation sledgehammers or whatever he sells at his merch <laughs> booth, you know. Uh, instead, you'll have Aaron Arsenal selling his scarves. You'll have uh, Johnny CK and TW3 and all these other people selling their shirts directly to you, signing them if you want, taking pictures with you, selling you 8 by 10 interacting with you. You know, and you don't get that on a national level. And if you do truly care about the national level, great, good for you and everything. Um, but the way people get to that level is on this indie scene, you know. Um, it's one of those things where you can either, sit, you know, sit and cheer for, let's say, Triple H or Shawn Michaels, or you can cheer for the Sierra or the Joey Avalon at the indie level, interacting with them at the merch table, interacting with them throughout the show. And then you get to see them on that large stage. And then you get to be like, I've been down with them since day one. I have been down with them uh, forever. And I remember when they were just selling a t-shirt of with their face on it for 15, 20 bucks, you know, <laughs> and now I got to pay 40 or 50 for some reason, but you get to actually see that progression. And you know, the wrestlers remember that they remember the fans who supported them from day one. And it just means a lot more on both sides of the aisle. Then you get more of an emotional, um, reaction to uh, i remember i went to uh, an aew show and i didn't know sierra was on dark mm -hmm. and she showed up and i was ex i was so happy because uh, i knew her and i had hung out with her and you know we had been on shows together or whatever and i was just so excited that she was there i was so happy that one of my friends made it uh, i do say that there are a few times when i watch it on tv and that's only when i know my friends are on tv and uh, it is so freaking cool. Hey, like I just went to the baseball game with this person last week. And now I can hear their chants all the way from my house through the Milwaukee arena. You know, like they are literally tearing the roof off this place. And I just caught, like, I just watched a ball game with them. You know, that's a really freaking cool thing, you know. And you don't get that ability in any other region of professional wrestling than the indie scene. That's why the indie scene to me, it's, it's the best. It truly is the best, the most important and the most special. Now, Johnny, you you are from the state of Wisconsin. TJ, I know that you live in Wisconsin now. Were you born and raised here? Uh, no, I, I guess you could say the easiest way to put it is before I moved to Wisconsin, uh, I lived in southern West Virginia in, uh, in uh, the city of Lewisburg, West Virginia. Um, right when I turned 18, I saved up about 1200 bucks and I got a Greyhound bus ticket. And it's all 100% true. Uh, I saved up a Greyhound bus ticket and moved up to Oconto, Wisconsin, because that's the farthest bus out, Greyhound bus would take me. Lived in the Oconto Motel, either room 17 or 19, I forgot which one. And I had a suitcase with uh, two pairs of pants, three shirts, a laptop, and about 1200 bucks on me. And I have built my life up since from there. How much does a bus ticket from West Virginia to Oconto cost? At the time, I think it was like 120 130 <laughs> Not that much, really, I think. But then again, it was Greyhound and... Oh, buddy, I have some NSFW stories for you. Involving the it sucked a lot, but I did it. And uh, living in Oconto, I knew I was in near Green Bay, which I knew only because of the Packers. But I was like, it's got to have wrestling around here somewhere. AWA existed near here. There's got to be some kind of wrestling. And one thing led to another. I made I saw an advertisement on MySpace because that was still popular at the time. Made a phone call to a guy named Dylan Postel. And because uh, that was the number advertised in that uh, commercial and uh, just started going up from there. So I, I asked this question first. First of all, huge shout out here as all three, well, actually all four of our main hosts that we have on, on the Wisconsin show 
our O'Connell County boys. Uh, myself from oh. Gillett, Ramsey from Surring, Justin actually from Oconto, okay. and then uh, Sean, who is our newest member, is born in Gillett, lived in Gillett, went to O'Connell Falls High School. So very, very O'Connell County-based show here. Okay. Um, and then Secretary Shauna is from Sheboygan. Um, you know, a South of 29er, we call her. We make fun of her for that all the time. But <laughs> um, anyway, so I say this all in kind of talking about the state of Wisconsin wrestling. You know, you have the state of the union address. You have the state of the state address. The state of Wisconsin has always really been kind of a huge area for pro wrestling, at least in my lifetime. You know, looking back, you know, all the different things that have come through TV, with the different storylines, whether that be, um, you know, the Donald Trump buys Raw or, you know, all the AEW shows we've seen in Milwaukee, and, I mean, by de facto also from Chicago as of late. And then just kind of going with that and how strong the indie scene is here. So I guess I kind of want to ask you both your perspectives on the state of Wisconsin wrestling as a whole, kind of like that State of the Union address. Um, I think, first off, I just want to make a little quick point on what you said with the whole Donald Trump buying Raw thing. I was actually at that one of those Raws where he owned it here in Green Bay. Yeah, that was and my first ever say, wrestling event. Word, he actually refunded my money. Yep. Which is, that was my, nice. that was my think, first ever wrestling event I ever went to. That, <laughs> my, that was like my brother and my birthday gift from my parents that my dad, my brother, and I went to um, Raw that night. First ever wrestling event, and we got it for free. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I spent way more money than I should have on tickets. So I'm really <laughs> happy that he gave me back my money. That was really cool that he did. Like, that was a real thing. Um, but as far as the state of uh, indie wrestling here in Wisconsin, um, I don't know. It was weird because I've been around a while. Not as long as some people, but I've been around for about 13 some odd years. And uh, there has been times where I have performed in, I think, the lowest – amount of people I've been in front of was four, four people. But then again, it was because somebody decided to book an outdoor show in October. Oh, which, goodness. Yeah. I remember everybody who attended was three members, three family members of one of the wrestlers and a random bar drunk. <laughs> that was, it's surreal to be honest. However, um, since then, I believe it comes in waves. And right now, man, I feel like right now we are riding a high wave. Um, and I actually do kind of got to give a lot of props to AEW going national. Um, the fact that somebody was willing and is able to compete with WWE uh, put a renewed, renowned interest in professional wrestling. Um, it made AEW is big on giving indie talent uh, opportunities like Joey Avalon, like Sierra, um, like uh, the system was on there just recently. Tyler Sullivan was on there. Tyler Sullivan was on there. Because AEW is willing to do that, uh, I believe it's really injected a nice, healthy dose of excitement and energy in indie wrestling again. And right now, I feel like we're all on an upswing, and we are all riding the wave, and I'm very happy with it never going away. Um, even when it, it does in the darker days I've seen, it's still a good, fun time. Um, right now, I actually think I've counted, I think there's 28 promotions in the state of wisconsin which right there if that is to show you how healthy it is and the fact that all of those promotions can still draw one two three hundred people man it's just healthy and the talent we have the up-and-coming talent we have um the early stage talent i like to call it if they're not you know been in so long they're veterans but they're not so young they're green like early stage almost like a salem crane 
uh, who he's performed at RPW here not too long ago. Um, Marvelous Ethan Matthews, a lot of people like that. Um, like I say, the indie scene right now in the state of Wisconsin is very, very healthy, and we are at the early stage of health, so we got a long way to go on this. Johnny? Yeah, wrestling, it's, it's like a pendulum. It, it swings. When it's really good, it's good everywhere, at the top and at the bottom. But when it's bad and maybe viewership's down on the bigger platforms, maybe people are getting burned out from wrestling, uh, maybe something's going on, who knows. Lower companies start shutting down, and the more wrestling there is, the better it is. The more access to wrestling, the better uh, for fans and wrestlers and for uh, promoters. The more wrestling that you can see, the more maybe a promoter will see somebody from a couple hours north or and they'll be like, oh, this guy's really good. We need to bring him in. And now that guy just got another booking and maybe that promoter uh, maybe filled in another 10 or 20 seats. And now those same people are going to come back and this guy got another permanent booking and he brings some friends and now they get more bookings. So it, it kind of stacks and builds on top of each other. But when there's not a lot of wrestling, there's not a lot of opportunity. Also, not just that, but uh, to kind of build on to that uh, and to build on to the whole 27, 28 different promotions, the way that's good for fans is that creates a lot of competition. And competition creates quality. So you have promotions and you know shows constantly one-upping each other in how well they're able to perform which does nothing but feed, you know, good quality wrestling, good quality storytelling, good quality ability, good quality talent uh, for all the fans to be able to just sit and rejoice and see. All right. And, gentlemen, just to kind of wrap up here, because I know you guys were doing some work before I, I had called, just to kind of wrap up here, ahead of this Saturday show, what is, I guess, one thing each of you, I guess, to sell a ticket, I mean, I know there's only four front row seats left, but to sell a ticket to this show or to maybe convince somebody of RPW, what's what's one thing you would point out for this Saturday that's going to make this Saturday so special? You're going to see people here that you don't normally see anywhere else. When I say don't normally see, I mean you might see them once every two, three, four years. Um, and these people that you don't normally see are top-tier talent across the country. There's a reason why RPW brings them in. It's because they did catch attention. You get people like Jake Something, Xavier Walker, big names like that, that they perform on Impact and OVW and Ring of Honor you know, you know, and all that on a constant basis. There's a reason they did. You truly, some of the greatest matches uh, I've refed uh, have come from RPW. I actually... Uh, part of that list of statistics I have, I actually have a top five matches that I've worked uh, with in the past year or two. And I would say, uh, I think RPW, there's two matches on there from RPW. So there's serious quality talent and quality competition that you won't see anywhere else in the state. Which two? Let me pull it up real fast. <laughs> While you're doing that, Johnny. I really need to start keeping track of all my stuff. <laughs> um, I 100% agree with uh, Hall of Fame uh, referee TJ that you're going to see people who aren't around here often. Uh, maybe it's their first time here. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's only their second time here. But they're not going to be here next week. And they might not be here next month. 
So it's your one chance to see somebody that you're not going to see again. So you can broaden your horizons and you can come and see a company grow. Come and watch a grassroots movement company grow from the bottom and become amazing. And uh, for my list uh, on there, it was actually Jake something versus Xavier Walker for the heavyweight championship. That was about two shows ago, I think, maybe three. And that was just everything was flowing right. There was such a good uh, rhythm. I was in position everywhere I needed to be. I was working with people I'm unfamiliar with and was able to knock it out of the park, which is always a great self-confidence boost. Uh, that was a great match. And then uh, last show, uh, and other people I never worked with, but we were able to just pull off something great. The fans were in it. We were in it. The competition was great. The moves being pulled off were top-notch. Uh, Jasmine Allure and Marty Bell had a spectacular match that I was proud to be a part of. And uh, so, yeah, two of my top five matches of the year came from RBW. That's, you know, if that doesn't tell you something. So yeah. add quality matches to that list of why you should come. <laughs> and, gentlemen, how can our fans follow along with your journeys around the state of Wisconsin, around the Midwest, and, and further? Uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, I've got a Facebook page. I think it's under uh, Johnny CK. Um, and I've also got a Twitter uh, that I sometimes use. I don't really even know how to use Twitter that well because, <laughs> like, I'm kind of a boomer at the age of 24. Um <laughs> How do I, what's my name on Twitter? How do I find that? It should just be your profile. Uh, I, I there you go. Uh, it's at uh, Johnny CK uh, underscore um, all one. And uh, yeah, that's where I am. I, I don't have an Instagram. I, I don't, I got kicked off of that. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, generally, I just keep to one thing, uh, and that's Facebook. Um, just TJ Bowles. I'm the only, pretty sure I'm the only TJ that has a ref shirt on in his profile picture. Uh, I mostly just, I'll add nearly anybody, and I don't know. I mostly just post wrestling things on there, so I'll show you. You know, any shows coming up, any uh, videos I post for shows coming up, anything like that, you can always find me there. All right, gentlemen, both thank you so much for joining the show this week. Anything else you want to just add real quick here before we wrap up? Come to RPW. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was going to throw some uh, Chicago Bears slander and Minnesota Vikings slander because that's uh, coming up in a couple weeks. Wow. Well, I, want to, I want to thank you for reaching out to me uh, to have this interview at all. Uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, I guess, uh, in an impromptu uh, throwing <laughs> me into this. Well, you know, truth be told, first of all, I, I do apologize. I did actually intend to message you months ago as we started this series. So first of all, that's on me, but thank you for being available last minute. Um, and also go ahead, throw that slander. This is a Wisconsin sports <laughs> show series uh, podcast. So go ahead, let it go. All right. Well, first off, Kirk cousins is like an average quarterback at best. All right. So, <laughs> and their offensive line sucks. The defense, Oh, they're going to get slapped. It's going to be great. Our defense is going to slap their offensive line. Cool. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited for this. Uh, go Pack Go. Go Bucks Go. Uh, otherwise, let's go Mets. Yeah. <laughs> all right, boys. Thank you so much for joining us, TJ. Looking forward to see you in action all of Saturday night or for the different matches you're doing Saturday night. Johnny, best of luck to you. Uh, you know, hoping that maybe we do get to give you that championship belt, that first championship uh, with us in the ring on Saturday night. Gentlemen, like I said, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
and that was Johnny CK and referee TJ. One big thanks once again to Johnny CK, TJ, Rich, TW3, D Dog, everyone who's joined us along this journey to RPW Heatwave 2 this Saturday at the Watering Hole in Green Bay. Tickets are still available. And from the sound of it, should be tickets at the door as well. You'll see myself, Ramsey, and Justin there, as well as all the stars that will be at the event. Big thanks to everyone who has listened thus far. And that's the road to Heatwave 2. We're out. See you.